Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, it's Julie on Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. So glad you could join me today. We are continuing with our Herb Garden series, and today we're going to talk about time's best friend, and that's time as in T-H-Y-M-E. Since we talked about time last week, today we're going to talk about one of time's friends, lavender. And I'm sure you've heard of lavender. Everybody talks about lavender and how it helps with sleep and how it helps with all these different things. Everybody loves the smell of lavender. We're going to find out a little bit about lavender that maybe you don't know and some fun facts about ways that it's really improving people's lives in ways you wouldn't expect. So let's get into lavender uses and history and all that good stuff. And I'll give you some tips about growing it too. Okay, so lavender, the Latin name is lavandula, and it's the whole species. There's about 47 varieties of lavender. Can you believe it? It's there, and they all have some medicinal uses. Some are more fragrant than others, and some have a little bit more of the active chemical constituents than others, but, uh, but they're all very useful and all grown. Uh, different varieties grow better in different parts of the world, of course. But it is part of the mint family. Uh, as Just like all the other mints, it's very fragrant. And it has been used for more than 2,500 years, just like a lot of the other plants that we've talked about. Plants have been known by people for since we've all been around. <laughs> So the Egyptians used it in their mummification rituals. And we talked last week a little bit about how they equated purity and holiness with good smells. And that wasn't such a bad deduction that they had made. But they used it in mummification and in making perfume. The Greeks... They would use it for some of the uses that we have heard of today. They used it for insomnia, and they used it for back aches. And we'll get back to that a little bit later, no pun intended. The Greek doctor for the Roman army, you might have heard of him, Dioscorides, if I said that right. He, um, he may have had a hand in teaching the Romans a little bit about some of the other uses for lavender as he wrote about how you could use it for indigestion, sore throats, for headaches, and for healing wounds. Now, they Romans did burn lavender in rooms where there were sick people, and they also used lavender in baths, soaps, and in their cooking sometimes. And in fact, 
Our word for lavender comes from the Latin root la- laver, and uh, some of the Romance languages today, you know, lavar, uh, you know, to wash. Um, and that's that's where it comes from, uh, is to wash, and that's that is one of the big uses that they had for lavender is in baths and in cleaning clothes and things like that. And this is a fun fact. Lavender makes its appearance in the Bible, too. Uh, you've probably heard the passage in John 12, 1 through 8, where uh, the woman, um, she pours perfume all over uh, Jesus's feet and they refer to it as spikenard. It's because the Greeks called lavender nardus, um, but and that that's where it comes from. But it's the word uh, spikenard or nard in the Bible is referring to lavender. It's the same plant, and it was very expensive. One pound of flowers costs a whole month of farm labor. Uh, the wages from farm labor. So think about that. And one pound, now a whole month's worth of wages for farm labor would only get you a pound of flowers. Well, how much oil came from one pound of flowers? Because, you know, that's just the flowers. You haven't done anything with it yet. Well, from one pound of flowers, you only get about five milliliters of essential oil. Or in, uh, in American <laughs> measurements, um, you, uh, it, it comes out to about um, an eighth of an ounce of oil. That is such a tiny amount. You know how quickly we would, we would use that up? That is really tiny. So imagine how much it would cost to get, say, um, you know, a, a bigger bottle because, of course, a 15 milliliter bottle, which is what it's usually sold as, that's three months worth of labor. And that's still kind of a tiny bottle. So just imagine how much wages that it would have been. Many authorities uh, say that it was a year's worth of wages for the bottle of lavender perfume that was poured on Jesus's feet. So there are other biblical references to nard as well, particularly in the Song of Solomon. So you can look that up and uh, have a new appreciation for that, that they knew, they knew lavender. Moving on to a little bit later in history, in uh, medieval and Renaissance France, now here's where the washing comes in, women who, who would wash clothes for other people, uh, they were called lavenders. And they would wash the clothes in lavender, and then they would lay the clothes to dry on lavender bushes. It was also used in little sachets to scent drawers and perfume the air and to ward off infection and heal wounds, much like the ancients had used it. So all that stuff, of course, gets passed down. It was also used during the Great Plague in London. So, for example, grave robbers 
They would wash in lavender after the robbing the graves of those who had gotten sick from plague, and they wouldn't get sick. Can you imagine? And glove makers in the 16th century France, if they perfumed the gloves with lavender, they escaped cholera. So they also escaped uh, another type of plague that came. So they were discovering and making use of the antiseptic properties of lavender. And then as time went on, we have Queen Elizabeth of England, also kind of around that same time period. But Queen of England, she she had heard about lavender's uses, and she wanted lavender jam at her table and always decorating the table every day with lavender flowers. So she just loved lavender. And then later, during Queen Victoria's reign, lavender was also very popular. And it was very popular in English gardens. And both queens would use lavender products from Yardleys of London. Have you heard of them? They famous, they're very famous for their lavender products. And of course, whatever was popular in England made its way to the to America as uh, settlers came over. And it said that the Quakers are not the Quakers, the sh- that they were the first to grow lavender commercially in the United States, that it was the Shakers who were originally the ones to grow it. So that's interesting because then they were able to make an industry out of that and that just grew across the United States. And just to note, where did the practice of aromatherapy originally come from? Because people, you know, they were using oils and that very far back and distilling them, of course, uh, using both the fresh herb, the dried herb, and uh, the pressed oil. But aromatherapy didn't become a real thing until the 1930s with the discoveries from a French chemist uh, by the name of Gadafoss. And he was working in his laboratory and he burned his hand. And for some reason, he had some lavender oil there in the laboratory. And uh, he put it on his hand, uh, probably knew about the properties for wound healing that had been passed down. But he was very much surprised and delighted that the wound healed quickly and completely. And he was inspired by that to write a book that in English translate as Aromatherapy, Essential Oils, Plant Hormones. And for the first time, it was called Aromatherapy. And as a result, lavender became the foundation for a new science of aromatherapy. And more and more plants began to be under, you know, be investigated by chemists to see, well, okay, if lavender can do this, what can other, what are the the chemicals in other plants? What can they do? And that just took off over time. 
and uh, has grown in popularity, as we know, and we know more and more about uh, lots of other plants as well. But lavender formed the foundation of that, and that is an exciting thing to know. So let's find out about how what this plant is like and how you can grow it in your yard. So it is a shrubby perennial plant and it is native to the more mountainous, rocky, dry soils around the Mediterranean. Uh, so, but it, it is, it does grow best in the higher mountain areas particularly around France, but it is grown in many other countries now. It was grown in a few different places even in the ancient times, but it was particularly particularly native to France. So it grows best where there is a lot of sun, very dry soil, kind of uh, nutrient deficient, interestingly enough. Uh, doesn't like wet feet, as they say, kind of like thyme that we talked about last week. And it can get to about three feet high, not much taller than that. So it is a small bush uh, with beautiful purple flowers. The leaves can vary in size and shape, but are generally kind of a silvery green color. And it does like to, it, it does grow with thyme, although I think it's thyme that likes lavender more than the other way around. <laughs> if you want to keep lavender happy, make sure that it is well-drained, drier-type soil and uh, that you don't overwater it because you'll just drown it. And uh, if you keep that in mind, it's fairly easy to grow. And it's so rather easy to grow, particularly in uh, those dry, rocky-type soils, that one town in Washington State, United States, it's the town of Squim, they have come to be called the lavender capital of North America. Because what they did is, as their farmland kind of dried up and became uh, unusable, they really needed to do something to revive their economy, to do something with that land. So they decided, well, our climate, you know, the climate is perfect for this kind of plant, for lavender. And so they decided, well, let's just, let's plant lavender. So there are fields of lavender and it has become the core of their economy. They, you, it's, it's now a tourist attraction because you can go there and everything is lavender, lavender ice cream, lavender drinks, lavender cakes, lavender everything. And they have lots and lots of lavender products that they sell worldwide now because of the internet. So lavender, that's an unexpected thing, um, lavender becoming the mainstay of their economy. It has long been a, um, an economic powerhouse for certain parts of France and Spain and England, and Australia. But in Australia, it has become kind of a weedy pest in some places. So be careful when you grow lavender. It might just like your soil a bit too much, and uh, you may have trouble getting keeping it under control uh, if you're not careful. So 
just thinking about lavender oil a little bit and how common and easy it is to get it at the store because it's pretty much available at almost any natural food store and even some grocery stores and pharmacies carry lavender oil. Even Trader Joe's and places like that have lavender oil now as these little sets. And of course, there's lots of companies that, you know, uh, your friends may be part of that have lavender oil. And the quality of lavender can vary, though, because it can be adulterated with other oils that that may have a high higher ester content because there are over a hundred different chemicals in lavender oil, but a lot of the medicinal qualities are attributed to a handful of them. And sometimes to make the oil fit a particular chemical profile, some other constituents will be added to it uh, that may be synthetically produced or taken from, isolated from a cheaper oil and then added in to lavender. So it is important to make sure you're getting your oils from a reputable source and um, not just picking them up from wherever because you may in fact end up with a fragrance oil, which is not an essential oil. Fragrance oils are synthetic that are produced kind of like synthetic perfumes. They're just produced from man-made chemicals and are not plant-based at all. So lavender is pretty safe to use. Uh, We've discussed many internal uses of lavender that people have done over over many years, and uh, it is pretty safe. It's generally safe for children over the age of two. Uh, It's not, be careful with using it with children, uh, especially not too often, because it does impact the nervous system and children's nervous systems are more sensitive than ours. So just, you know, make sure it's properly diluted for children. It does have calming effects, as you probably are aware of, and it has the ability to lift mood. It has enjoyed a lot of attention and research through scientific uh, channels. So they there's been research on it for anxiety and sleep, of course, some of the more well-known uses. It can, if you're under stress, it can help with memory, but if you're not under stress, it acts a little bit like a sedative and can make your mind a little bit mm, slower. <laughs> so um, be careful with that. But it does have some pain-relieving qualities, which may be surprising because it's always talked about for sleep and not always for some of its other great qualities. So it can be used for pain relief associated with arthritis, uh, monthly menses in women, headaches, and for lower back pain. It is also great for skin healing as Gadafost found it can be great for healing burns and wounds and does act as a disinfectant type antiseptic aid for that and is very gentle with you. It, it's not something that, that you're in danger of being burned by it or something like that. Personally, I have used it 
undiluted and burns. And it, it really, it works very well for me and uh, relieve the pain and help the skin to heal faster for myself. And it also helps to keep the insects away, like those little sachets in the drawers that people used to do. It, it helped to keep the moths and insects away from the clothes and even lice, things like that. So it's, it really has a lot of uses around the house. And it's one of those oils that many people feel is essential for a home essential oil kit uh, because it has a, such a variety of uses and is so gentle and safe. It's, you can add it to a lot of things. You can add it to drinks and you can add it to baked goods, baths, drawer sachets, all those things. And it, it can do wonders, you know, even putting it on your wool dryer balls to help your clothes smell nice. And it is so readily available. So one last little note about the lavender is, is that it, it is sometimes used a little bit like a spice. So in I mentioned before that it was used in cooking. It's not used in cooking everywhere, but in some places it is used in cooking. And in the United States, it is part of the Herbes de Provence um, mix of herbs. But in France, it's not, which is kind of an interesting little fact, right? Because you'd think that, well, it, it grows in France. Why wouldn't they add it? But it, it's not part of their cuisine. But Americans often experiment with stuff and it's like a little fusion of lots of different cultural traditions. It kind of becomes its own thing. And we've added it to our little, the, the Herbes de Provence. So that's a little fun thing. So if you buy American version, the American version, you might find a little lavender in there. So... Explore lavender if you haven't explored it yet. Glad that you joined me today. And you can follow me on Facebook at Julie Naturally. And you can follow me on Instagram at Julie.Naturally. I did change it because it used to be successful.unscore, but um, I changed the username to make it much easier to remember for Julie Naturally. So it's Julie.Naturally on Instagram now. So find me there. I'd love to hear from you and join me next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.